0: Hey, welcome everybody. I'm Pastor Blair Blakesley, and I'm here to blare the good news of Jesus and pray that uh, this will be uh, something that will inspire you. Today's challenge is to, well, I call it shock your parents, because sometimes when we do something for our parents, they're shocked. So uh, you can call it honor your parents or respect your parents. But uh, today's challenge for this coming week is to do something, whether it be something uh fun activity take them to an appointment or um hang out with them play games or or, or whatever so but before we jump into that and jump into this some scripture verses i just want to say thank you for last week we had a, a young lady who said a sent a a nice response to last last week's challenge and in doing so, she uh, was appreciative of, um, well, her three boys were in our youth group years ago. They're out of school now, and we just keep in contact. They're were, they were just great boys, and uh, I'm just thankful for them. They did so much to help me in my time of need. We did a lot of firewood, a lot of projects, a lot of outreach, and they were there always working very hard. So I'm thankful for them. And she was just expressing her gratitude. So glad that she uh, wrote that in. All right, today, honor your parents or shock your parents. I want to start with the scripture verse. I'm going to be speaking to to the youth first, if there's any youth listening. And uh, if not, you can share this with your youth. But uh, then I want to talk to the adults who still have parents who who are alive and even grandparents. So here we go. Ephesians 6 verses 1 through 3 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Also in Colossians 3.20 says, uh, children, obey your parents in everything, for this is right. Wow, that's, that's tough uh, to be thinking. I mean, I know how parents and teens, especially can have a, a friction with each other, and for them to, to obey, you know, they're going to stand firm to their grounds, and you as a parent want to stand firm to your ground, and there's this conflict, but, but just, I, I want to challenge the youth here to, hey, this week, respect your parents, in fact, shock your parents in, in doing something for them, uh obedience really when it comes to a relationship obedience is the key to having a strong relationship you you look at god right from the beginning created adam and eve and he they're in the, the garden of eden and he says hey you can eat anything in here you want anything except one tree i mean there's a ton of food in here but just this one tree is the only tree the tree of the knowledge of good and even Good and evil, that's the tree. I don't want you eating from it because on the day that you do, there will be death. And so, boom, they went on with life. And then one day they were tempted by the devil to eat from this tree. And he took a bite out of it and says, Hey, Adam, this is actually pretty good. And he takes a bite out of it. and, And then, boom, the curse came to the earth, to God's creation. It was cursed and death came. So they were going to have bodies that would live forever, but because they sinned and were disobedient, then now their body was going to eventually die physically. In fact, that's something that we all, we're all going to face it. One day we're all going to die physically, but that's not the only curse. The other curse was we die spiritually because disobedient broke the relationship that God had with them. It broke that relationship. And that's, you know, we're not here to talk about salvation, but then that's when God sent his son Jesus to come and to take away the sins of the world so that they could be united back with God. But all I'm saying today is that disobedience hurts a relationship somehow, to some degree. It's going to hurt it somehow. And uh, I'm just thinking of uh, my brother and I, I have a twin brother, so... When we were younger, one of our jobs was to burn the papers, and so we we would take it out and sometimes we'd have cardboard boxes or whatever. And you know, we're we're young kids, but they entrusted this responsibility to us. And my dad would say, "Don't play in the fire. Don't let you go out there and you burn them. Watch it, watch it burn, but don't be playing in it because I don't want to fire them because we we had our burn pile right next to the woods. Well. Hey, it's, it's uh, after Christmas, we had a real tree. We took the real tree and threw it just inside the woods a little bit near the burn pile. And it was still kind of green. So every time Blaine and I would go out there to burn the papers, we would take a stick and get it in the fire and you know get the stick on fire at the end. And then we'd stick it inside the Christmas tree and watch the branches, you know, make the crackling noise. And then we, you know, we put it out. And you know, as as time went on, the tree was getting drier and browner and not so green anymore. And we'd always, you know, get a fire going, pull, you know, just you know, get a little flame. Then we put it out and such. But boy, I'll tell you, it got to the the point of dryness and and death, you know, a dead tree that we started on fire I mean it ignited like it just started to go and we're in panic I mean we're in panic mode and we're we're in you know it's in the it's in the woods and it's dry and we're trying to get it out you know beat it with a stick which probably made it worse because it probably flew oxygen in on a fire which makes it worse and finally I can't remember if it was myself or my brother took off and ran to get my dad and he came and and uh he got the fire out. I don't know if he, he kicked at it, you know, kicked it you know, the base of the tree and pulled it out and, and just let it extinguish or what, but uh, he was not happy. You know, he trusted us to burn the papers without playing around and uh, and we broke that trust. And so he was disappointed and we had to hear the lecture about not playing in the fire could cause problems and blah, blah, blah. So, so that was a time of disobedience and, and it definitely hurt. The relationship—it's not that it wasn't mended or or whatever—but we had to show that we could be trusted again, and through acts of obedience. So, so as you uh, are thinking about, hey, I want to I want to do something for my parents. Here's here's my challenges. I want to challenge you to think of the responsibilities that you have in your home. Or even think of some responsibilities that you don't really have, but would be cool if you did. And I want you to do it without being asked six times to do it. And, and this is gonna to be tough because it's gonna mean you may have to put your cell phone down or put your TV control down for or remote control down for the TV or for your video games, whatever. You know, and I know how hard that can be to, you know, to actually try and set it down and, and get it out of your hand. But do it, and then you know if it's, if your job is burning papers, then go do it. Don't even wait for them to ask you. Just go do it, take out the garbage. If that's your job, set the table, um, do your homework, get that done ahead of time. And, and, and this is why I call it shock your parents because when your parents come home and you're, whether it be your mom or your dad, or maybe both of them, and they walk in the door and they see the table set and someone took out the garbage or burned the papers, or whatever and they're like um who who did this and this is where you want to have actually that you do now i do want you to have your cell phone because i want you to play the video of their re, their reaction i want you to see get a video of them being shocked and so when you kind of look at them go oh i did it <laughs> you know as you got the video on them and they're gonna this is what's gonna happen here's the steps that normally happen they kind of look at you with their eyes wide open and uh and, and, they, and their heart starts to pound like, what? You, you did what? You, you did this? Yeah. Yep, I did it. <laughs> and, uh, and and then as it starts to pound, they start to breathe. It starts It's hard for them to breathe. And, and they start to sweat. And they just, they just can't believe it. And they're staring at you. And they're, and they're staring with their eyes wide open. And all of a sudden, they're going to go, who are you? And what did you do with my child? And then you have it on video. And uh, shock your parents. So that's, that's, I really want to challenge you to do this. And if you want to give them a heart attack, then what you do at nighttime, just before bedtime, uh, go up to them and, and give them a hug and then tell your parents, hey, I love you. And then turn around and walk away. And when you walk away, you, you just don't know. You're going to be like, I mean, they'll probably have a heart attack. Because they they haven't heard it for a long time. Uh, So, man, it's just what you don't understand, though, is parents love to see their kids obedient and they love to see their kids showing some affection and love. And so kids do that. All right. Just just do it. And hopefully you'll do it more often afterwards. But I just guarantee you they're going to appreciate it a lot. So. All right adults you're like hey I have I have parents but we you know I live in the same house and we kind of live separate places okay well great and if you have an opportunity I mean if you live far away from them then all I can say is uh, make contact with them I, I don't know how often you you know is, a, is the best number to say every day or every other day or whatever but do it more often than what you probably normally would think of doing and they'll appreciate that that conversation and asking how they're doing it make it all about them and they might ask you how you're doing then tell them but don't don't get on the phone and say hey guess what happened to me and just go on and on and on and then when they're like ready to talk about themselves or what they're doing, like well hey i gotta go i mean save time just to hear their life story and and love on them through through your conversation but if you're if you're nearby uh then i i just i want to challenge you to to make connection with him. Uh, I, I want to read a, a passage here in First Timothy, it's chapter five, verses three through eight, and it's a uh, boy. I'll tell you what it it was only probably. I mean, I'm I'm in my sixties. It was probably ten years ago that I read this verse and felt like I I read it for the first time. Like I don't I didn't ever remember it being in the Bible. So, so I want to read it to you today and try and hear hear me what it says and then i'll i'll go into expounding upon it more but this is uh, a charge given by paul to the people it says this give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need because there's there's people who are alone all over the place and they're in need i mean they have a need definitely but if a widow has children now listen if, if a widow has children or grandchildren These should learn, first of all, to put the religion into practice by caring for their own family. And so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. It pleases God when we invest our lives into our parents and into our grandparents. In fact, it's our responsibility as Christians to take care of them and to invest into their lives. The widow who is really in need and left all alone, well, puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray to ask God for help, but the widow who lives for pleasure is is dead even while she lives. And Then it says this, give give the people these instructions so that no one may be open to blame. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own households has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I remember reading that, you know, before, you know, 10 years ago, like, wow, this is, I mean, this is I mean, I feel convicted by this to, to, to spend time like more consistently than I was, especially with my grandparent and I'll, and I'll get into that, but Hey, my my wife to me is the perfect, the perfect example of someone who invests into the lives of parents when she, well, she still, my wife still works at the school and and uh, when my mom was alive and she passed away just a little over a year ago, um, when Karen was on her lunch break, she would drive to my mom's house, which is probably a couple miles away and would eat her lunch with her. She only had like 20 minutes to eat there and to visit. Boom. But she did it just, just about every single day. And my mom really appreciated the, the company of coming over. And, and then we would uh, we'd also go and visit my mom on different days. If if we went over there, she you know, she loved to like sit and talk. That's what she liked to do. Now when I would go over to her my my wife's parents and and my wife takes great care of both her mom and dad. Even today does a lot, goes the extra 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 mile. But when I'm over there visiting. Her mom and I love to play five crowns and uh, we're competitive. We're both competitive. I, I don't want her to win and she doesn't want me to win. So we have a great time. <clears throat> we pick on each other, call each other cheater. And uh, it, it's enjoyable. So, but but my mom, sometimes when we'd go over to my mom's house, we would take her out to get uh, ice cream or something on Sundays. We'd, we'd go to church and after after church we'd go to we'd go to McDonald's that's where my mom liked to go is go to McDonald's for lunch and so one particular time she wanted to she wanted to get um, she wanted us to take her to the farm where she grew up on and that's in you know just outside of Union City my cousins at that time still owned the farm and we told him, you know, hey, do you mind if we come up and just kind of go get a tour through the barn with my mom? And, and we, we might want to drive around with the vehicle, go down to the gully, you know, because there's still like a roadway. And, and my cousin, were like, yeah, you can do that. In fact, just take the four wheeler. It'll be a lot easier. You could go to a lot of different places. So, wow, that was nice of them. You know, there was three of us. We got on there and we rode around and she got to see the farm again and the fences and the, the pasture and the woods area where the kids, you know, had camp outs and stuff. And, and uh, it just brought back great memories. And she's telling us stories that happened and everything. We're up at the farm, we walk through the barn. We've got all the stanchions still there and the pens are still there. And, and the manure spreader, the barn cleaner, <clears throat> <clears throat> she wouldn't she didn't want to go up in a hay mound because, you know, she's in her 80s, but uh, she just got to see where the hay shoots and everything still were. And she was telling a story about how when she was little, um, I think she's about, I don't know, she was four years old or whatever. And her brother who was older, uh, was driving the tractor with a hay wagon on it. But back in those days, the hay wagon didn't have any sides to it. it just had a flat bed, flat uh, piece. And it had a a backing where they'd stack the hay up against that and work its way to the front. Well, he brought that in on the tractor. And my mom's in the house and says, hey, mom, I want to go out. And hey, can I go out and ride on the wagon? She goes, I I don't care. So she goes out there. And hey, Richard, you know, he's now he's already got the the tractor and the wagon parked. And uh, she thinks he's going to take and go someplace else on the wagon so she's like can i can i ride on the wagon he goes yeah sure so he helps her up on on the wagon and and uh he goes but you're gonna have to sit down she's like oh yeah i'll sit down okay well slide in the back slide in the back so you got the back you know protecting your back there so she you know wiggles her butt back and got your back on the the back section there and He goes, okay. Well, now put your hands, you know, hang on to the side here because it's gonna be really bumpy. She's like, okay. Now are you are you ready? She goes, yep, I'm ready. He goes, are you are you are you you feel safe and everything? Yep, I feel safe. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go. You ready? Yep, I'm ready. And he drives the tractor away, but he disconnected the wagon, so he just drove the the tractor away and just left my mom sitting there doing nothing. And uh, so she told that story, and she just told a whole bunch of stories. And it, it meant so much to her to be able to do that and reminisce and look at the past. I tell you, um, I mean, God wants us to, to take care of our, our, our parents. And I just want to challenge you to invest into your parents. This, if your parents are still alive, adults, if your parents are still alive, invest into their lives this week. Do something take them to an appointment, and just have fun, maybe stop at you know, for supper, or lunch, or whatever, uh, afterwards, or, or uh, just stop by their house, and visit with them, um, I'll tell you what, and, and if you have grandparents, the same thing, do something with them, this is where I, I do, I did horrible at, uh, I mean, I love my grandparents, when my, my grandparents were alive on the farm, I was there all the time, I mean, I was just there all the time, and then I got older, and you know, they passed away, but my other grandmother was still alive. And uh, I wasn't there often. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't say that. I mean, I'd say that feeling ashamed. And I, I, I just remember one time visiting with her. And it was once in a great while that I would stop in. But I remember her getting very frustrated with not having company. And she kind of like yelled it and and I couldn't I mean I couldn't say grandma relax like it ain't that bad because it was that bad but she 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 just yelled and says I I can't take it some days I sit here at the house all alone just thinking maybe today maybe today's the day that someone's going to stop in and visit with me maybe today's that day and she she says, I just think about it. Today someone's gonna stop in. And I and I'll look out the window and I'll sit in my chair, just thinking that someone's gonna stop. And at the end of the day, it's nighttime, it's time for bed. And I just it, my heart just breaks because nobody, nobody stopped. And then tomorrow I think, okay, tomorrow it's gonna be different. And then tomorrow comes and I'm thinking, okay, today, maybe today. And she was so frustrated and angry because she was so alone and lived alone and i can't i can't fully understand what it's like to be alone i mean to truly be alone and yearn for that that company but i i understand it to the point where i i watched it but i haven't experienced it yet to that depth and so i just want to say love your parents love your grandparents and uh if if, if if all of them have passed away then please just do this there are widows and people who are alone at home who would love to have your company just love it and so i i challenge you to do it and please if you do something i i mean share it with me share it with uh, on the youtube where my um, podcast is or if you're if you want to send me a i don't know a facebook message or whatever do just share it. I would love love to hear it.
1: So, hey, that's it.
0: That's the challenge for this week. I hope you do it. Hope you take it seriously and just have fun doing it. All right. God bless you. I love you. Hope you have a great week. We'll look forward to next week. Take care now.